program. I know uh, Jamie uh, Caldwell coming from um, um, from Carolina is going to do a great job at that uh, at uh, Liberty. Uh, great scheme. John, who is Jamie Caldwell? I have no idea, Richie. Who is Jamie Caldwell and where is Carolina? I have no idea which Carolina he's talking about, but I do know that it is indeed game week and you are joining us live uh, for the Sea of Red Liberty Football Podcast. I am Richie Longshots and I am joined by the man that uh, there's no one else I'd rather talk Liberty Football Conference USA and Bowling Green with than the Sea of Red founder and owner, and that is my co-host, John Manson. John Manson, it's game week. How are we feeling? Man, it's game week. Can't be any better. How are you doing, Richie? You, you making the trek down to Virginia too, huh? I'm making the trek down. It is going to be my first home game since homecoming 2016. So I'm over the moon. My Virginia Tech trip last year uh, got canceled due to a little thing called COVID. Uh, but I'm ready to roll. I'm feeling great. The vibes are at an all-time high. And we had a little bit of tease last week. We watched some of our Conference USA foes play. And now it's our turn. We get a chance to jump into the table. We get a chance to play. And I know it's not a non-conference game. It is a, a non-conference game. But we get to face off with uh, another Division One opponent. There's going to be football. And let's dive in. Let's look at Bowling Green. Not a team we, we hear a lot about. But let's jump in. John, give us a little bit of a breakdown. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bowling Green, a MAC team. They went to a uh, uh, bowl game last year, went six and seven. They played New Mexico State, who, you know, Liberty will be seeing next week, right? And Liberty also saw uh, the regular season finale of last season as well. So, uh, and we also got to see New Mexico State in, in week zero. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, Bowling Green, six and seven team. They beat Toledo, uh, which is a team that we all know that Liberty lost to. So they've got some talent. Uh, you see there the FBI rank of 122 currently. They average 23.2 points per game. Uh, they're having a little bit of a quarterback battle. Uh, Connor Bazelik, Bazelak, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, that's not as bad as Caldwell or Chadwell, though. Program. But, uh, I know, yeah, uh, I, I think Jamie, he's uh, – Caldwell coming from um, – um... Chad's obsessed with that video, just a heads up, everyone get that played a few times tonight, but yeah, um, he's a, a transfer from Indiana began his career at Missouri. I think he's thrown for over 3000 passing yards in his college career. He's now at Bowling green. I expect him to be the starter on Saturday. Um, former four-star recruit. Um, he's got, got some decent numbers, uh, touch on interception ratio is not great. Uh, completion percentage, not the best, but, uh, they've also got some skill guys. They've, they got a running back by committee, uh, a few wide receivers, a couple of them transfers that, um, you know, uh, looked the part. Um, so, so this is a team that Liberty, you know, can't really be uh, uh, sleeping on. And and we'll dive into them a little bit more as as we keep on going. No, I agree. Uh, I was very interested. I was reading up a little bit about their starting quarterback. Uh, he was co-offensive player of the year, his freshman offensive player of the year uh, when he was at Missouri. So, Definitely going to be interesting. Again, you mentioned they are bringing back some key players. They had some struggles with the offensive line last year. Uh, going to hopefully increase a little bit. But we have an offensive line of our own, and we are going to take this opportunity. We are going to bring in two friends of the program, uh, Mr. 55 offensive lineman himself and Jason Porter.
Brendan, Jason, what's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? Happy Tuesday. Howdy, howdy. So, uh, so Brendan, it's uh, it's game week. Unfortunately, we all know you uh, won't be able to take the field with you guys, but you got named captain this week. Um, you know, just take us through that process. What was it like to to get that honor? And, and uh, uh, you know, what what's that mean to you here in your uh, last season with the Flames? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, first off, it's Coach Chet will talk to the guys, and he was saying, you know, you have all conference and all independent and all those accolades as a person, but you know this is this is your legacy at Liberty, and being able to be a captain is the biggest honor you can have. And uh, just having to trust in my teammates, um, and just being able to lead them and show them what their potential is and bring the best out of them is it's a huge honor for my last season. I couldn't be more thankful for it. Yeah, fifty-five. Congratulations on that, man. That is a huge deal, huge honor to be recognized by your peers. And uh, I think sometimes people forget that that is kind of a peer teammate recognition uh, thing. So to John's point, man, congratulations on that. Well deserved. Um, I want to stay on your side of the ball here as we transition a little bit, talking to about Bowling Green for just a second. One of the things that I was surprised to find out statistically that I'm sure you guys know about: uh, Bowling Green was top five in sacks last year. And so, uh, as an <clears throat> offensive lineman, that's got to bring up your spidey senses a little bit. What have you guys been talking about in the uh, in the film room and in preparation for them on Saturday? Absolutely, as John and Richie mentioned, they only won six games, but they were. They had a very productive defense, and specifically their box. A lot of TFLs, sacks. Uh, that definitely is something that you see, and you're like, we gotta, we gotta be serious about this. So, um, they had a great DN last year, number eleven. I'm, he's in playing in the NFL now, uh, so that'll help not having him. But they brought in transfers, just like everyone else does, and they've been working through camp to, uh, you know, scheme us up. So, uh, I think we have a great plan going forward. But that's definitely something to keep an eye on, and that matchup is going to be pretty much the deciding factor, in my opinion. Uh, the line of scrimmage. So a lot of unknowns on the outside, new guys on both squads. The, the line's going to be what determines this game, and our guys know that. They know that. It's just it's Tuesday now, but we'll see what happens Saturday. That's what's going to matter. Yeah, Brendan, you know better than any of us uh, listening to this right now that uh, it's always a line of scrimmage that kind of determines – uh, you know, who wins a game more, more times than not, whether it's offensive line, defensive line. Um, but, but you know, as you, you look at, at this game coming up this week, and one of the things, one of the more intriguing storylines for me, week one uh, for Liberty, it's a lot of new uh, faces, a lot of new names. Uh, we know, uh, you know, with the coaching staff and, and the rest of the turnover on the team, it, it's a lot of question marks, a lot of unknowns. What are some things that, you know, not giving away any, like, inside, uh, you know, inside uh, information or anything like that but what are, what are who are some names particularly on the offensive side of the ball you know maybe at receiver or running back uh that that maybe we're not expecting or don't know about yet that that'll become household names here in a few weeks i just think of the new guys we know a lot of the, the guarantee cj daniels noah frith uh but you think of the new guys that running back room is the most loaded room i've ever seen since i've been here um you're gonna have one and two back sets i think Outside, you got uh, EJ Smoot from UT Martin. That's going to have a great season for us. Um, at running back, I think all running backs are pretty much new. Vic Venn from Colorado. Uh, Quentin Cooley from Wake. Vaughn Blue, true freshman, came in. He's been grinding. Uh, James from Arkansas. And, I mean, they've been doing a great job. Billy Lucas and Duquesne, those guys run the rock. And they, they all have different, you know, we've always been running back by committee since I've been here. Um, it'll be the same thing. We got five guys that can tote that rock. 
and it's going to be fun to control the line of scrimmage and uh, see what we can do. I know it, traditionally this offense isn't as fast-paced as before, um, so if we remember playing Army, how they kind of controlled the clock and just ran the ball and got three or four dirty yards per play, uh, it's going to probably be a little bit more of that than, you know, running six plays in a minute. So um, it'll give us more time to see the defense and give the fans a little time to settle in. So it's going to be an awesome game. Um, just excitement. Coach talks about nervousness versus anxiousness, and I think we're all a little both because there's so many unknowns, but I do know that those guys are going to run the ball hard. Those receivers are going to go up and get some big plays, and uh, it's going to be a fun Saturday at Williams Stadium. Brennan, I'm so glad you talked about the run game because uh, Coach Shadwell last uh, Thursday at the Flames Club luncheon was talking to us uh, as Alan was interviewing him just about uh, the offensive schemes and the sets. And he was talking about a lot of smoke and mirrors is, is the phrase that he kept using. Uh, but more importantly for kind of us civilians on the outside, you know, we see option plays and, and run plays and things like that. But the options specifically in and of itself, what does that mean to offensive linemen? Because, bro, you got to hustle is all there is to it, right? So take us through what that looks like for you guys as far as the movement and the pitch and that kind of thing. Yeah, so for an option offense, there's a read man and a pitch man. Uh, so there's a down, downhill back who the quarterback's going to read, and if a certain guy comes in, then he pulls it, and then he goes out, and there's a pitch guy where if he plays him, he pitches it off, and if he plays the other guy out there, he keeps it himself. Uh, so there's a lot of moving parts. It's a massive puzzle, but you'll see offensive linemen going out to corners and safeties, linebackers, uh, base blocks, sometimes leaving a guy run right up the middle because we're reading them. So it may look like a busted block, but it's supposed to be that way. Um, we always joke in practice we go the wrong direction. The defense thinks they're the read man. So they just stand there. They don't actually try to tackle the ball carrier. So uh, it's going to be pretty funny, but there's a lot of moving parts and it's going to be exciting. Well, as always, the uh, live with five, five uh, portion of this podcast is, is sponsored by RT Rogers. Uh, so, so glad to have them supporting us at the AS ASOR football podcast, as well as uh, Brendan Schlittler uh, here with us again, Third season, I think, Brendan. Uh, but, uh, you know, tell us uh, a little bit more about R.T. Rogers. Yeah, so R.T. Rogers is ran by Greg Rogers out in uh, southern West Virginia. He's a Liberty grad from a couple years ago. Um, and they delivered to a bunch of states, surrounding states of West Virginia, uh, all oil needs, including he heating oil and propane. Um, set them up at rtrogersoil.com, and uh, they'll get you right. I know they have uh, have phenomenal customer service. And firsthand, been with Greg a few times. He takes his customers very seriously, and he is uh, a great man to uh, work with. So appreciate them for sure. And, yeah, third season, awesome going into this with them. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, that's uh, – uh, sorry. <laughs> I was making a note on something. Well, Brandon, man, we just wish you uh, best of luck. I know it's going to be a challenging first game here for you with all the stuff that you've been going through. But, uh, again, congratulations on the – on the status of, uh, of of your captain um, selection, man, that's really huge. Well, I'm excited to see how you do in the booth this weekend, Jason. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> yeah, in case anybody listening hasn't heard the news, I'm sure you have. Uh, Jason gets the uh, honor and privilege to uh, co-host. Uh, is it co-host? I guess you're doing the color analyst with uh, with the voice of the Flames, Alan York, for the, uh, all the football games or just the home games. You're going to be traveling. Give us a little bit more detail about that. Yeah, all the games, the whole thing. So I'll be on the road with the guys, too, and uh, just getting to be the wingman with AY. Man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. You're working harder than I am Saturday. <laughs> so, 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 Brendan, you going to be on the sidelines with uh, Coach Durkin, or what you going to be doing? 
yeah, so I'm going to be on the sideline. Uh, there's not much room in the booth, and, and it's a little crazy up there, but uh, be on the sideline, be writing down all of his notes he needs me to, probably going to calm him down a time or two. And, uh, you know, there's a couple young guys that are making their first start, so being able to walk them through that first game mentally, uh, a lot of ups and downs, don't know how to handle it until it's their type of deal. So excited to help those guys out and uh, make something shake on Saturday. Now, if uh, Vaughn Blue or Victor Vin get on, get on a breakaway around the side down the sideline, are you going to be able to get out of the get out of the way quick enough? We'll find out when it happens. Well, let, let's hope that doesn't happen. We don't want to want to see that happen, right? But hey, Brendan, I appreciate you as always coming on, and uh, look forward to seeing you on the sideline Saturday, and hopefully before the season's over, we can get you back out on the field. Absolutely, I'm excited to see a uh, different perspective from the sideline. So, I might have some better material for the podcast. So. Sounds good. Thanks, Brennan. Appreciate you, man. So, so uh, uh, Jason, g- give me a little bit of information about uh, uh, closing costs. Uh, you know, what do we need to know about that? Potential home buyers. Yeah, interesting thing going on with closing costs. Reason I wanted to talk about that here real quick tonight. Uh, anytime the market is balancing and teetering a little bit between buyers and sellers, and we're kind of about 50-50 there right now, it's still definitely more of a seller's market, I would say. But closing costs very quickly. Uh, are the costs associated um, for the purchase of a house that are charged uh, through the lender, the title company, all of those fees that sort of come into purchasing a house. What is unique right now about our situation that I want to make sure folks are aware of is because the market is slowing a little bit, um, there's greater opportunity now for buyers to ask for the sellers to pay their closing costs. So uh, whereas the market a few years ago, so competitive, multiple bids, et cetera, as a buyer, you almost never had a chance to ask for closing cost uh, assistance or help from the sellers. Things have changed a little bit. I've written the last couple of offers with um, seller-assisted closing costs. We've been able to get some of those and negotiate them. So if anyone has any questions about those, all my contact information is right there. But uh, certainly in the buying and selling process with real estate, uh, residential or commercial, love to help out Flames Nation. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jason. Appreciate you uh, joining us and your support. And uh, for those of you that aren't at the game, or maybe if you're at the game, put your earbuds in and and listen to Jason and AY uh, call the, uh, the 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 action or paint the picture. Is that how they say it in the business? That's it. That's it. Thanks, Jason. See you, man. Oh, well, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw the little incident that the Notre Dame podcast uh, host had, and I didn't wanted to make sure that we didn't have one of those moments. Uh, here with the Sea of Red. But uh, big shout out to JP and 55. Great job. Very interested to see Brandon's uh, kind of move towards being on the sidelines for first for some of the, the games this year. So excited to see that progress as the year goes on. If you are watching live, make sure whatever platform you're on, if it's Twitter, throw us a retweet, a like. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe. It helps us out a whole bunch. If you are listening to this at a later date, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff, Subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Now, what we have coming up is maybe, probably, one of the biggest guests that we are going to have the entire season. Uh, I have had the opportunity to meet this uh, gentleman before, and what he has done for Liberty Athletics, uh, I I really can't say. But I just do know that he is the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to the flames and everything that goes on with it. And we are welcome to be joined by Mr. Ian McCaw. And great to be with you guys tonight. Oh, absolutely. Hey. The pleasure is all ours. Hey, Ian. Good to see you again. Hey, John. Hope we didn't keep you up too late. Well, this is past my bedtime, but uh, this is a special occasion, so I'm excited and honored to be with you guys. 
I mean, after a big field hockey win, the adrenaline's going, so you want to stay up a little bit. So uh, totally get that. But it is game week. And first question, how excited are you for this 2023 football season in comparison to some of the others that we've had? Yeah, this is a really special year. Obviously, a lot of things uh, our first year in uh, Conference USA, so that makes it uh, very special. And uh, the opportunity to play for a conference championship for the first time at the FBS level uh, adds to that. And, of course, uh, the first year and the first game under uh, Coach Chadwell. So a lot of uh, unique aspects of this year, and that's one that we're, uh, we're really uh, excited about and I think our fans are excited about. And Ian, looking back to last year, there was a lot of, you know, anticipation and hype around some of the the home dates on that schedule. You had, you know, BYU and Virginia Tech and and even UAB uh, as a home game and and uh, maybe don't have the same name brand recognition on, on some of the home schedule this year. But you got seven home games, uh, you know, four of those being Conference USA games. Uh, you know, so certainly a lot to look forward to. A couple of those on national TV. Uh, how how have the season ticket sales been going? You know, if you like compare to last year and, and recent years. Yeah, doing really well, John. So this is uh, this will be the second highest season ticket total that uh, we've ever had. Obviously, last year with with uh, Virginia Tech and BYU that gave us an unusual bump, and uh, we had a number of Virginia Tech fans that did not renew this year, which is understandable. But um, and we're going to be in the in the seven thousand range. We uh, will sell season tickets through the New Mexico State game, so we still have another uh, little over a week to go. But we'll be right around seven thousand. And uh, uh, other than the last year, I think the highest total was around fifty five hundred. So Flames Nation is growing, our season ticket uh, base is growing, and uh, we're really encouraged by that. Uh, that's so awesome to hear that we can ride that momentum. And I, and I, you know, obviously that number is only going to grow as we continue in Conference USA. But we have game day, week one, uh, our home opener. And everyone has their own traditions, their own superstitions, superstitions when it comes to home games, whether you're watching at the stadium or you're, you're watching uh, at home. Do you have any superstitions? What is your game day kind of look like from the position of an athletic director yeah richie so i i um i like to uh to stop it at uh you know all the pregame activities so uh, i'll go to the walk i'll i'll hit tailgate town i'll i'll go to the student tailgate uh usually visit with some flames club members at the at the pregame meal uh stop by the club stop by the suites and uh and then once we get into the game as you know i, I tend to do a few uh, on-field presentations and uh, probably we always uh, host some guests up in the uh, the AD suite. Um, again, visit with some other uh, folks uh, during the game. And then um, my tradition is uh, fourth quarter, I go down on the field. I like to, to watch the, the last part of the game uh, on the sidelines with the team and then hopefully uh, celebrate a big Flames win uh, afterwards. That sounds like fun. And I hope, Ian, uh, pregame you're able to squeeze in some time for the Flames Rising tailgate. We'll, we're sure to have a lot of people join. You know, I, I can't leave out Richie. He'll be down for the first time. What would you say, Richie? 2016. So uh, uh, anybody around, be sure to stop by our tailgate as well, too. But, uh, Ian, a question I had for you is uh, one thing that was in the news this past week uh, with Conference USA was a grant of rights. Uh, that that news got broken and, and out into the public. And I guess it was part of the uh, the new TV deal with ESPN and CBS Sports. Uh, how does that affect uh, Liberty moving forward? And how do, it, it does is it something that kind of helps stabilizes uh, Conference USA, you know, moving forward the next, you know, three to five years? 
Yeah, John, that's well put. It, it really does demonstrate just solidarity among the nine members. And obviously we'll add Kennesaw next year as a, as a 10th member. But it was something that was uh, important to the TV partners. They requested a grant of rights. And uh, again, to uh, for us to get a, a good relationship with ESPN and CBS Sports, um, that really is a great credit to Conference USA. We saw what happened with the Pac-12 here recently, and they were not able to get a good deal with ESPN and uh, or Fox, and ultimately it ended up really causing their conference to fracture. So um, we're uh, we're really uh, grateful for that. And again, the mutual com- commitment between the TV partners and the school is re- really important, and uh, we're excited uh, about this disagreement. It's a perfect lead into to my question. Uh, I was always a big fan of the past few years of watching the Mac on Tuesday nights and and, and uh, the week the weeknight football games. And you know, what are your thoughts? How important is this TV exposure to helping grow Liberty as a nationwide brand? Yeah, great question, Rich. You know, television is just critical in terms of revenue exposure, recruiting. I mean, you have to have a good television deal to be successful in any of those areas. And uh, again, we've been able to score a big win with ESPN and CBS Sports as as our partners. And uh, those midweek games just give you really unique exposure because when you play on a Saturday, um, and we're going to play this Saturday, we're going to have a national TV broadcast, which is incredible, but you get washed out because there are 100 games going on. When you play a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, even though they're non-traditional, you may be the only game on or you may be one of two games on. And so whether people are out at a restaurant or whatever it may be, you're the game that people are watching. That's what they're paying attention to. And you get really unique and for us unprecedented exposure. So it's it's beyond anything Liberty's ever been able to realize to date. So uh, we're in for some really exciting times uh, with this uh, with this television arrangement. A neat wrinkle to that, I thought, was the Week Zero games. I mean, we had, what, five Conference USA teams playing this past weekend, uh, two of those being league games, and and I was I was sure to, uh, you know, carve out some time on the couch and, and watch a couple of those games, and, and that was really fun and neat and, and additional exposure for uh, the league. Uh, Ian, as, as you kind of look forward, uh, fans love to talk about non-conference schedules and, and uh, you know, what's next and, and who are the next teams that are going to be coming into Williams Stadium. Uh, is there anything you can share on that? I mean, how close are some of these schedules to getting done? I, I know, uh, I don't think we've announced anything for, you know, 24, 25 or anything like that, but are, you know, 24 through 27, are those pretty close to, to being finalized? Do you anticipate there being any announcements made as anytime soon or, or maybe wait until uh, after the 23 season? Yeah, John, we're really in good shape right up to about 2030 at this point in time. So we've pretty much got them all in place. I really like our schedules. You know, this year we had to scramble a little bit as we were transitioning from independent to Conference USA, and we weren't able to kind of hit the model that we want. And our, the model that we want is one power five, two regional group of fives and an FCS. And we didn't get the power five or the FCS. We, we got uh, a series of a group of five uh, home and homes and uh, fortunately three at home, one on the road. So, um, you know, I think Coach Chadwell likes having seven home games, and, and obviously that's really desirable when we can get it. But I like our schedules. Uh, you know, next year, obviously, we have uh, uh, two really attractive opponents, East Carolina and App State. Those will be good regional rivalries, kind of falling in line with what I mentioned about the, those group of five regional rivalries. Um, we have series with Virginia Tech, uh, Coastal Carolina, App, App State, and East Carolina, as I mentioned, ODU. James Madison, Army. So those are those are good, attractive brands 
that uh, our fans like. There'll be a good level of competition for us. And, uh, and uh, I think really balance out our schedule well with uh, what we have in, in Conference USA. Selfishly, I was hoping you were going to break some sort of major news, but I can complete, completely <laughs> understand why, you know, not the time and place, but definitely excited for that uh, coming up. So realignment is the hot button issue. Uh, if you listen to any college football podcast, they spend the first 20 minutes talking about realignment, but we did not last week. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of realignment, you know, especially at the P5 level? And, and how do you think this is going to change the landscape of college football in the next three to five years? Yeah, Rich, honestly, I'm, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I don't love it. Uh, I don't think it makes sense for, for uh, you know, UCLA playing Rutgers to be a Big Ten game. That just doesn't feel right mm-hmm. to me. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the, the travel issue is not in the best interest of student-athlete welfare. So I really don't love what's happening. I understand why it's happening. It's being driven by by television revenue and and uh but but i, I do think that it's, there's there's definitely some casualties along the way here as as this realignment unfolds but um you know i think once we get through this pack 12 or pack 4 whatever we're going to call them right now um realignment i think once that settles i think we'll enter a period of stability for you know five or six years until later in this decade and at that point will some of the other tv deals will start to approach expiration and there'll be another round of realignment but i think the one thing we know is there'll be future realignment and uh certainly i think the the best thing that we can do is continue to have a successful athletic program and position ourselves well because we are an upwardly mobile program we are desirable at a higher level uh, we're well resourced. We have amazing facilities, and uh, I think our teams continue to to perform really well. Uh, the future is uh, incredibly bright for for Liberty Athletics. Well, Ian, thanks as always for joining us. One more question before we let you go. Uh, kind of been paying attention to uh, to Liberty Athletics like always, and, and I know you follow it closer than anyone else uh, around. But uh, the teams are really off to a, to a really strong sp- uh, start here in the fall, and and I, I tweeted a little bit about it, and and was almost afraid to do that. I, I don't want to jinx anything because. Uh, you know, I think what are we up to? Like twelve and zero in all sports right now. I had a big win uh, tonight for those of you uh, watching live uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, field hockey going on the road, beating a top ten uh, a Virginia team, and women's soccer, volleyball, men's soccer, all off to great starts. Uh, field hockey, we kind of come to expect it a little bit here in the last couple of years. You know, they made that run to the national title game, but but what's one team that maybe is a little bit under the radar from your your average Liberty fan that that you think might surprise and, and turn some heads uh, this this athletic season? Yeah, John, you're right. We're off to a, a 12 and 0 start, and uh, President Costin's uh, currently undefeated, so uh, that's uh, that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the great thing about our, our athletic program right now is we're really strong across the board, literally in every sport. I mean, I, I cannot actually point to a program that I'm I'm concerned about right now. Uh, that's a good place to be if you're an athletic director. So uh, we've got 20 really good programs and really grateful for our coaches and our staff, our student athletes to, to put us in that position. But if you're looking for a couple teams that might break through this year, that might be a little unexpected, um, I keep an eye on men's cross country. I think they're poised to have a really good year and uh, they're picked preseason to uh, to win the uh, um, win Conference USA. I think they'll be able to compete for that. I think uh, 
our women's lacrosse program has a chance to have a breakthrough year. And I think women's tennis has a chance to be pretty special. So those would be maybe three of the programs that haven't really maybe broken through the last few years that I think could could, be, could take a big step forward. But again, the great thing about us is I think across the board, all 20 programs, we're going to be competing for championships. And that's, uh, again, a great place to be. That's awesome. We uh, we appreciate you once again, Ian, coming on. And, uh, you know, anytime you're welcome to come on, we, we appreciate all you've done for uh, Liberty Athletics. And as you always say, this is the golden era of, of Liberty Athletics. We've had a lot of success and wins, and uh, that that's a lot of fun for for an alum and, and for uh, being a Liberty fan. But, but thanks again, Ian, and we'll be sure to uh, catch up with you on Saturday. Sounds good. Thanks, John. Thanks, Richie. Thank you. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy the craft roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of the two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and season ticket holders. And now they'll please sponsor the podcast from the CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. Truer words have never been spoken. I, tr- I really believe that we are in the golden era of, of Liberty Athletics. And, 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 you know, we'll never have that first bowl victory again. We'll never have that first March Madness victory again. And uh, it's so exciting about the future. And we're so, so thankful that, that Mr. McCaw was able to join us uh, tonight and touched on a lot of uh, awesome things. But the first thing that we have that's going to be facing us uh, before all that that schedule talk in the future and all the realignment stuff is the game this Saturday. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, Bowling Green coming from uh, Ohio in the MAC conference, as John mentioned uh, earlier, they did not play week zero, but a team that, had some struggles last year, but they had a big win over Toledo, John mentioned earlier, which was their first win against Toledo in 15 years. Uh, they ended the season kind of uh, rolling a little bit. Um, I was very interested to see how five of their wins last year came by less than a touchdown. So when you look at the team that has played a bunch of close games, all that stuff, what's going on, Chad? Mm. Hey, guys. Good to see you, Chad. Uh, so five wins by seven points or less. So they've played a, a ton of close games, didn't go their way. So I, I don't think it is uh, a team that, that Liberty is going to overlook. I don't think it's a team that we as fans should uh, overlook. Uh, but, John, what are you, you know, anything deeper to, to go on top of what we talked about earlier? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a team that I think could be sneaky, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they got to a uh, a, a second straight bowl game and, and six wins this season. Um, you know, they're a team that that's picked kind of middle of the way in, in the MAC and their division of the MAC, and and uh, it, it's a lot of question marks that I have for them too. And I think Coach Chadwell and Brendan, you know, in their media. Uh, Coach Chadwell earlier this week and, and his media obligations, and then Brendan tonight uh, earlier in the podcast um, kind of alluded to that. We don't really know what to expect out of this team, and and uh, they've had a lot of turnover, and uh, you know they'll have a new quarterback starting, and and uh, you know so we really don't know. There's a lot of question marks uh, surrounding uh, Bowling Green going into the into the game, but uh, Liberty as a nine and a half to ten point favorite. 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. That, that's a tough line to predict, and, and we'll talk about that more later. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a team that that's scary, and especially for Liberty and their, their season opener, uh, opener under Coach Chadwell. Uh, we'll have to figure out. Uh, we'll learn a lot about Liberty and I think Bowling Green as well. But, uh, you know, Richie, one thing um, I wanted to chat about is, is I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the, the Conference USA games week zero. And uh, I'm sure you at least seen some scores and maybe some highlights. Mm-hmm. But were there any that, you know, maybe um, kind of stuck out to you? I mean, he, here, if you're, you're watching on, on YouTube, you can see the uh, uh, updated FPI uh, rankings for the Conference USA. But uh, you know, what, what did you, uh, learn? Did, did we learn anything in week zero? I was definitely surprised New Mexico state, you know, ourselves, a, a few of our guests last week, we were singing Diego Pavia high praises and, uh, you know, did not turn in his best performance, three touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, somewhere in the 50 percentage range for a completion percentage. But, uh, I was surprised, you know, New Mexico state losing to UMass, UMass, big game this week some might say uh but i was surprised kind of to see that um la tech very odd game i was you know what did what did uh fiu threw the ball four times they have four four yards just they had they had four yards uh that's and and they were right there they were winning most of the game i mean (laughs) i think they went scoreless the last two quarters the second half um but threw for four passing yards and probably should have won the game yeah, I, and I think it, it's going to show to the fact that, you know, Conference USA is going to be kind of reminiscent of the way the Pac-12 has been in, in, in years past where they just kind of they, they eat their own, where no no team, it does not matter what that conference record is. It does not matter what your, your power index is. These games are going to be dogfights. They are going to be close games. You cannot take anything for granted. And it's exciting to see. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier, John, I wanted to, to bring up uh, was the new offense. And, and what is this going to look like? And we had, uh, we put out on Twitter, we said, hey, send in some voicemails. And we had about 10 to 15 people uh, send videos, send voicemails in. It, it's great when I get the alert that uh, someone sends it in. So yes, it is, it is me. I'm one of the people that get them. Um, would it be possible to play one of those for us real quick, producer? Yeah, my name is David, and uh, I was just kind of interested in explaining how the offense is going to be different uh, from Freeze and now with Chadwell, because um, I hear good things about it, but I'm just kind of interested of how that system will work differently. Thank you for taking my call. It's going to be very interesting, it's, and it's going to be different. I mentioned last week on the podcast how uh, Hugh Freeze had done a lot with big arm quarterbacks. We saw what he did with Malik. We saw what he did at Ole Miss with Chad Kelly. Um, Not a lot of stuff in the middle, short passes, uh, that kind of thing. But I'm not the expert. I'm not the guy that's been at practice that, you know, has been studying the game tape. So I'm going to swing it over to, to Manson to give a little bit more detail about that. Yeah, and Richie, that that's pretty cool. And, and make sure everyone listening knows you can call into us and, and uh, leave your comments, your questions, uh, particularly after games. As we get into it, we have a voicemail hotline. We'll play at least one of those every week, the best one. So uh, I don't know if we have the uh, the number handy, but if so, we can uh, share that with you here. But yeah, uh, great question that that we got here. And um, you you know, I think and Brendan kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. Is we don't expect it to be you know, a 
uh, hurry up, fast paced offense that we saw under Coach Freeze the last few years. You know, he was always talking about tempo, 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 and, and wanting to get the the team lined up and ready to go and firing on all cylinders. I don't think we'll see that. I think, especially with a, a new quarterback starting, maybe a little bit of an unproven quarterback starting, whoever that may be. Um, you know, a lot of question marks and maybe new names. Uh, some unproven faces, some injured players at receiver that uh, a lot of question marks there. And the strength of the team, I think, is really going to be the offensive line in the running back room. Uh, so I think you're going to see a lot more, you know, three, four yard, five yard runs. Uh, Coach Chadwell talked in his press conference this morning about, you know, hoping to average close to four yards per carry. So I think we'll see a lot more of that. It's also a triple option base. So you're going to see you know, two running back uh, sets a lot. Um, you know, that's why Liberty's got four or five running backs that are going to play most weeks. Uh, you'll see a lot of two back sets. You, you got the triple option, uh, you know, and this isn't your Georgia Tech triple option where you might pass it three times a game or an Army or even a Navy triple option. It, it, it's one that, you know, you, we saw what Grayson McCall and Coastal did um, you know, the last few years uh, running this offense is, is they're still very uh, prolific, able to pass the ball up and down the field. So you're going to see a lot of that, a lot of play action motions. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It's going to be a, a much different uh, offense than what we've seen the last couple of years. Right. But uh, it, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to see it. It might take a few weeks. That's what I'm kind of cautioning people against. It might take a few weeks for us to kind of uh, start hitting on all cylinders, but but I'm excited to uh, to watch how it plays out. I agree, and I think people hear triple option, they just assume Georgia Tech, they assume Service Academy, but whoever starts as QB1, we're going to throw the ball. Like, it is not a, like you mentioned, it's not that Army-Navy game where Army throws the ball and everyone goes crazy. It is going to be a truly a triple option, uh, which I'm excited about. You mentioned the running backs. Uh, my my roommate from college has realized that I've been doing stuff like this, and he texted me and said, who are the good running backs? I said, we got like five of them. So he's. Uh, it, it really is the truth that there's going to be – we're going to see a lot of 22 sets, two running backs, two tight ends, bunched uh, formation, and, you know, grinded out games, which – you know, there were times, you know, where when you, you're up seven and then you're airing it out, you know, we saw what happened in Arkansas and it's like, just just run the clock out a little bit, just run the clock out. So I'm excited to, you know, have that change of pace where it's not just points, 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 but it's really going to be methodical is the term I keep thinking of. You know, the offense is going to be very methodical. You know, everyone has a purpose. Everyone has something to do on every play. Uh, Brandon was mentioning that earlier that, you know, everyone has a role uh, and a job to do when it comes to that. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that that all plays out. Uh, and also a lot of question marks on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, mm. uh, Kendy Charles, a guy up front that, that we're familiar with and we know a lot about. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how much growth he's made this offseason. Uh, he's a guy that's got NFL aspirations, NFL dreams. And and I think if he's able to take a huge step, a big step this year, in, as far as his production on the field, we could see him uh, maybe maybe uh, making his way to the NFL a year from now. But uh, he'll kind of anchor the defensive line. Got a lot of new faces. One name that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how he performs, TJ Bush, true freshman. Mm -hmm. We've heard a lot about him. He was a guy that was committed to to coach Chadwell, defensive line coach and defensive coordinator, uh, Skylar McGee at Coastal. He committed and stayed with them through the coaching change. Uh, so he's obviously 
uh, high on, on their their uh, radar, and and he's going to start as a true freshman at defensive end, which you don't see that much. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to to seeing how that goes. Uh, linebacker, I think that a lot of people have talked about that maybe possibly being a big weakness or big question mark. I don't see that. I, I see Tyron Dupree, Jerome Jolly, or two guys that are going to kind of uh, anchor that that unit, and then you got some other guys. Shike Nwankwo, uh transfer from Abilene Christian, uh, is very talented. Nick Days, another transfer that that will provide some depth there. You, and I didn't even mention to kill Washington. We all know that name. Uh, so I, I think linebackers going to be fine. They're going to be a strong group. Got some depth. Uh, but but I'm really looking forward to seeing how how that unit kind of all the pieces fit together and do they have enough enough depth? I think that's the biggest question uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Thank you so much, John, for that insight. If you just learned something, which I know I just did, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, if you are watching on Twitter, uh, throw a retweet and a like and a follow. But to to follow up with that defensive piece, and I think it's this is going to be a really good first opportunity for our defense. Last year, Bowling Green struggled on the offensive line. They only averaged three yards per carry. Uh, so they didn't get a ton uh, better bringing in players on the offensive line. So I'm looking forward to watching the defense. It's going to be a really good first uh, opportunity for them to come in in, in, uh, in a game against you know, potentially uh, an opponent that isn't super strong up front where we're bringing in some new guys, some new faces that are going to get a chance to ball out a little bit. So I'm expecting, I'm just going to say it, scoop and score. There's going to be a scoop six stuffed in the backfield, take it to the house. I'm going to be going bananas in a cabana and it's going to be a, uh, a great game. So John, any last uh, thoughts about our game this upcoming weekend about anything coming up? Uh, with Liberty football, anything like that? Yeah, I think the key is the explosive plays. You know, I think Liberty's offense will be able to move the ball. We'll be be able to put some points up on the board. I think the big question is the defense. I think we've got the size and the and 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 the strength on that side of the ball to to keep Bowling Green in check. But those explosive plays can be something that keeps them in the game and and maybe even gives them a, an advantage, a leg up. Uh, you know, if you're able to break off a 55-yard screen pass for a touchdown with one broken tackle, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, that that hurts, right? Uh, that that happens. You see that all over the, the field on, on a Saturday, all over your TV screens, whatever games you're watching. So, that, so that's one thing Liberty needs to, to keep in check is to limit those explosive plays. If they do that, I feel good. I feel confident about this uh, team being able to get out of Williams Stadium on Saturday afternoon at at one and zero because ultimately that's the that's the goal right I don't care if it's seventeen to fourteen or or fifty two to nothing get out of there one and zero and let's figure it all out going into week two I'm with you John and if you are confident then I am confident so thank you so much for that insight uh, real quick we heard uh, Mr McCall talk about all the great things going on with Liberty Athletics twelve and zero. And it might be 13 and all if you count the field hockey win today. So we're going to kick things over to our main man, uh, Zeke, who's going to fill us in in under 71 seconds about all the amazing things going on when it comes to Liberty Athletics. So, Zeke, take it away. What's up, guys? It's Zach, and we're back with the Liberty Athletics recap, recapping all Liberty Athletics games from the previous week. Liberty women's soccer is 4-0. The Lady Flames stayed hot, defeating Tennessee Tech and UNC Wilmington, shutting out both teams to improve 
to 2-0 on the week. Liberty men's soccer followed suit, winning last night against Belmont Abbey, including an opening night win over St. Peter's, defeating the lads from Jersey on a last-second goal from Michael Hutt. Kone stays onside with the right foot across and in! In the final minute! Not sure you could ask for a better opening night win there. Pandemonium at Osborne. Liberty Field Hockey is 2-0 as the 14th ranked Flames open with a 2-0 win over Kent State and then followed that up Sunday defeating Indiana 2-1 in overtime. Liberty Volleyball also undefeated. The Lady Flames hosted the Liberty Invitational, defeating Bucknell, Gardner-Webb, and Stony Brook, winning three sets to zero each time. We got a full slate of Liberty Athletics games coming up this week on Tuesday. Liberty Field Hockey has a huge matchup just two hours up 29 against six-ranked UVA. Liberty Women's Soccer also has a Commonwealth matchup against Longwood on Thursday. That is also when the Black Knight Invitational begins for volleyball. That will go from Thursday through Saturday. Liberty Volleyball looking to stay undefeated. On Friday, Liberty Cross Country opens their season in the eye-opener invite at UC Upstate. Liberty men were picked to finish first in the Conference USA preseason poll while the women were picked to finish second. Liberty men's soccer also has a game at UMBC in Maryland on Sunday. Men's soccer continues the road trip in Maryland as they will take on the midshipmen of Navy. Women's soccer will face West Virginia at home while field hockey will host American at home. And last but not least, Saturday. Football is back on the mountain as Liberty hosts Bowling Green for the 2023 season opener. You probably didn't need to hear my prediction, but in case you did, We got a new face. We got some familiar faces. We are joined by the man, the myth, the legend. I don't want to introduce yourself. I can't even go ahead. Are you talking about me or CT? You. <laughs> me. Oh, okay. I just, in my mind, CT is a legend. So, uh, Sam Stone, long time, long time call, listener, first time caller. So thanks for having me and uh, John, CT, Richie. It's like the bowl game all over again. We're just missing a few great folks. Thanks for having me on. I haven't watched a single football game this year, so my picks are going to be uh, don't don't use them for anything. So good disclaimer. All right, CT, tell us what what happened last week. Yeah, let's talk about last week real quick. Um, as you can see, I did not cash many tickets myself, um, and we're gonna we're 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 gonna want to turn that around. But first of all, John, you went six and one, up four and a half units on your picks. That's pretty impressive, and not lie. Keep it up, and uh, I'm coming for your job, CT. Yeah, I mean, take it if if you're gonna go that uh, big each week, please take it. Um, I admire that. Richie and I, uh, we struggled a little bit, three and four on the picks, but. Um, we'll say we're due for some uh, positive regression. What do you think? Fingers crossed. I'll take yeah. four. I'll take three and four every week. Last year I went like one and four. It, it was ugly. 
Uh, it's when I mentioned something about week zero being like the Old Testament and had even more people in my DMs complaining. But week zero, it doesn't really count. It kind of counts, but it doesn't count. It really is a choose your own adventure type thing. But yeah, yeah. I'll take three and four. But I didn't realize we we're dealing with a savant and Manson over here going six and one. Yeah, absolutely and, unreal. Um, I mean, even a, even a squirrel, uh, every squirrel can find a nut every once in a while. But Oh, uh, here we go. Probably, here we go. Probably more about me and Richie than John, if anything. So, <laughs> here we um, go. If, if you want and to I, take a look at my picks, or Richie, go ahead. I just want to say, in my defense, I physically bet Notre Dame minus uh, 20 and a half, and I foolishly took the over on here. Huge mistake. I'm not, not making excuses, but I ended up winning money on the game. But carry on. Yeah, I, I responded to you, and I said disrespectful, but congrats. So glad you did make some money on that one. Um, honestly, though, I mean, just recapping those picks really quickly – um, it might sound a bit like denial or anything else, but anytime I have a service academy over two touch two touchdowns as a dog, I'm taking that every single time. Um, so it is what it is. USC over flew. That was super easy. And then Louisiana Tech. Oh, they upset me. If let's just go through this. I know you guys already talked about them a tiny bit, but just let's just go through some of these stats. They outgained FIU 447 yards to 182. They had 28 first downs compared to FIU's eight. They had 20 or 38 uh, minutes time of possession and 22. And they had 83 total plays compared to FIU's 44. And They're going to be our Iowa. I love it. It's college football. That's why it's the best. <laughs> uh, but that, that led us to one and two. Um, that's going to happen from time to time. And ultimately, I'm okay with the reads. So, uh, we'll go ahead and just jump right on into, into this week's picks. Um, the first one that I have for this week, I'm going Hawaii Moneyline back on the island against Stanford. So I have that at plus 150. Um, actually, before the game uh, against Vanderbilt, which they hung in there, um, and I did have that one in our picks, um, but they uh, the line was closer to around uh, them as 10-point dogs or so, and then it's come soaring down um, because of the results of the Vandy game. I liked it even more then, but I'm still going to take it now. Um, whenever you have a team that plays in week zero, going into a, a week one game where against a team that they didn't play or that didn't play in week zero, it's always a good look. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's, it's statistically uh, pretty good to side with them. So I think Hawaii at home against a Stanford team that even though they're power five, they're probably a bottom five team in the country as well. Um, I'd like Hawaii's chances to go ahead and get their first win of the season um, under Timmy Chang. And then moving on to the next game, we have Fresno State at Purdue. I have the under 48 and a half in this one. Um, so Fresno State was for a while a powerhouse um, in the group of five, um, especially with uh, quarterback Jake Hayner. He was unbelievable, um, but they lost him along with a few other guys. So they've lost total over 4,000 yards of offense. Um, so they lost him, they lost their top running back, and they lost their top four receivers. And when you look at the games that Jake Hanner was hurt at the beginning of last year as well, those games, they did not look good at all. So I think they're really going to struggle uh, going against a Purdue defense that is really solid as well. Um, their head coach was the Illinois defensive coordinator, built them into a powerhouse. Um, I also think their offense is going to struggle um, while Fresno's was top 40 in the nation and returns eight starters. Um, so that being the case, I have the under 48 and a half in that one. Um, Richie, before I move on, I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on those two? 
No, um, I got thoughts about Iowa though. So okay, beautiful. Well, let me jump into this. So it's it's a scary play, but I'm going to take Iowa minus 25 at home against Utah State. Um, my reasoning, at least, Utah State's offense was pretty terrible last season. I don't think much is going to change there. There, there's not too much um, different. If anything, they lost them at the portal. Meanwhile, Iowa's defense, we don't need to talk much about them. We know what they are, and they are legit. Um, Utah State's, their, their team total, which essentially, if you don't know what that is, it's a, it's what it sounds like, um, how many points they will score in a game. Um, there's lines for that, and their line is seven and a half over under. Um, so basically, <laughs> um, it's will they score over a touchdown or not? Um, and so that's what the line is for them. Um, and that just shows Iowa's defense. Meanwhile, Iowa brings in Cade McNamara, Cade McNamara from Michigan. Um, it's a revamped offense. And on top of it, their offensive coordinator has a clause in his contract where they need to average 25 points a game for him to have a job at the end of the season. So especially in games that are not Big Ten play, I expect them to be going for it all game um, and try to rack up as many points as possible for that average. I, I hope we're sitting in a situation where it's late November and he's averaging like 24.2 a game and things just get real, real weird uh, out in Iowa. But I was going to bring up the same thing about uh, yep. Brian Ferentz. But I guess when you're the uh, son of the head coach, you, uh, you're you able to get a bunch of passes. So Absolutely. And that's not saying he's going to do a good job. He might just do awful and he gets fired and we lose this. But again, I, for a week one game, I, I'm going to go with that and, and hope, hope that it works out. Uh, moving on, we'll keep it going quick. Ohio State, I'm taking their team total over 44 and a half at Indiana. If you look at a lot of their games last year, I mean, they were putting up 45 plus points pretty easily most of the games um, outside of like a game against Georgia and Notre Dame um, and a couple others there, but especially against the middling schools in the Big Ten, uh, that is what Ohio State is made for. They're built um, very athletically, like more of like an SEC team. Um, and against some of these weaker Big Ten teams, they they just dominate across the field. Um, so I think, I mean, just looking, er, again, a couple early conference games for them last year, 52-21 versus Wisconsin, 49-10 49 versus Rutgers, 49-20 versus Michigan State. So um, I like Ohio State to put up some points here um, and hopefully score over 44.5. And then finally, um, we have our first teaser of the season. Um, these are some of my favorite plays in college football, and essentially what it is, um, it's it's a parlay in a way in a way where you have multiple teams, but you essentially get to buy down the points. So what I have is Utah minus a half and Rutgers minus a half. Basically, I need both teams to win. Um, their original lines, which you can sort of see, I know it's a little small, but their original lines are both minus six and a half. So we get to bring both of those down at a reduced price for us um, to <clears throat> minus a half and hope for the best. So essentially it's a, it's a play for both of these teams to win. Um, Utah, it's interesting. Cam rising, he tore his ACL last season. He's questionable for this game. Um, Richie, I know, and I know we'll hit on this soon. I know you disagree a little bit, um, but I think that their backups are more than capable um, to be able to do the job and fill in for Cam rising if he's not there. I also think if he was for sure, this line would be closer to 10 points or so. So I think we're getting some value with it being at six and a half. Um, in addition, 
Florida had Anthony Richardson last season. They're now transitioning to Graham Mertz um, coming from Wisconsin. He is not the same kind of quarterback at all. I think it's going to take a bit of time uh, for them to be able to get that offense in a shape for a completely different kind of quarterback. And Utah's big strength this year is their defense. So I like them to win. And then Rutgers, um, <laughs> for you, Richie, um, I'm going to take them over Northwestern. Uh, just get the job done against a Northwestern team that is struggling. Uh, we don't need to go into all that they've dealt with this offseason. Um, but I think Rutgers can pick up uh, one of probably their only wins this season. Um, so I have both of those teams to win. And that's my last play. Good stuff, CT. Let's let's get on to uh, the rest of the picks this week, huh? And bring in uh, our guest picker for the week, which will be a uh, f- frequently uh, occurrence, a frequent occurrence, I guess is how you say it, with a, a guest picker. But uh, go ahead, CT. You uh, you take it away here. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I first of all, we we all agree whether we're homers or not, but we all agree that Liberty is going to take care of business. Um, so that's good to see. Hopefully, we don't jinx anything. Um, but I trust the boys to be able to get the job done. Any thoughts there before we move on? Uh, I saw it's been moving nine and a half to ten, uh, kind of back and forth. But Sam, you you're in Kentucky, and you guys just got legal sports betting. So this is this is your Christmas. You're ready <laughs> this to roll. Right up my alley. <laughs> if I was confident in any of these picks, I might be going. But uh, here's the thing that scares me about the Liberty pick is that. We ended the season with a loss to Toledo, and we all remember it well last year. And Toledo ended up losing as well to a team that we're familiar with in Bowling Green. So uh should be an interesting, interesting one. I think it's going to be a whole lot closer to 10 points than I think uh, and I think I would love for it to be. What are your all's thoughts? No, I agree with that. I, I think, uh, t- you know, if this line w- was closer to 14 or more, I would probably be on the other side of it. But 10 at home – you know, especially if it gets down to nine and a half, which I think I saw it some there today, uh, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable. I, I can't, I can't be that guy going bananas in a cabana when <laughs> Bowling Green scores a late touchdown at the back door. Like I, you can't, I can't go to the game and bet on Bowling Green. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying to bet on Bowling Green. No, it, it gives me the feel closer. of a of the 2020 West Western Kentucky game. That's what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling the same way I did do right now as I did right then. No clue what's going on at quarterback. Who's this Malik Willis guy? What's going to happen? And we didn't even know who was going to start. And so and that's how I feel right now. And if you remember, we squeaked that game out barely and then go on to have an almost perfect season. So no doubt. Speaking, well, speaking of WKU, Sam, uh, what's your thoughts on that, that pick? You got them uh, covering the 11 and a half against USF, which is a, a marquee game in uh, Conference USA this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I like I said, I live in Kentucky now. I went to, I spent seven years in Lynchburg at Liberty, but I moved back to Kentucky where I'm from. I live in Louisville and uh, had to pick the Western Kentucky boys also because I want an undefeated Liberty going into an undefeated Western Kentucky at the end. So it was a biased pick. I think they're going to play well. And uh, yeah, I don't know much about them. If they play like they have in years past, I think they, they pull it out. Yeah, their offense is very similar. So it's a new quarterback, it's not Bailey Zappi. Um, but Austin Reed is the quarterback. He was the quarterback last year as well. Um, and that offense just runs the exact same. Uh, so they put up points, they put up lots of points and they put them up fast. Um, so USF, they, they're still growing as a program. Um, so I, I agree with Sam. I definitely like Western Kentucky here. 
And did you see the graphic that USF put out of a bull about to just obliterate Big Red into oblivion? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Genuinely Big, funny. Genuinely Big, funny. And I'm sure Big Red's taking that personal. Yes. Like that, you want to talk about bulletin board material? There's no way that's not how, like, I almost want to change my pick to Western Kentucky after seeing what they did to poor Big Red. I mean, if NC State thought that we're stepping on their logo the other year and took that personally, then... Who yeah. knows what Western Kentucky's going to feel like. Uh, moving on to Sam Houston, their first FBS game against BYU, a team that we saw last year. Um, John, lead us off there. What do you think? Well, I'm the only one that went with BYU and the Cougars. I mean, th this was a, a toss-up for me. I kind of just flipped a coin. Which way are you going to go? I, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, what to expect out of Sam Houston. I, I think they have a chance to to be good, kind of a, a sleeper team like Jacksonville State, in my opinion, in Conference USA. But, uh, you know, week one going up against a, a now uh, Big 12 team in BYU, I think BYU really wants to, to, to make a statement uh, coming out of the gates, and and I'm going with them to to cover and, and win by three touchdowns or more. But it's not a strong play or not. Um, you know, I, I, that was just kind of flip of the coin for me personally. Richard, you're on the other side. Yeah, I'm rooting for Conference USA. I'm one of those. I'm not one of those people that are like I'm going to root against our conference rivals uh, when when they're no. I hope they win. It'd be a great win for the conference. To have Sam Houston State come in and beat a Big 12 team, massive for the entire conference. So I'm rooting Sam Houston State. BYU, pathetic last year. Uh, and I think Sam Houston State, we talked about it last year, they redshirted uh, a bunch bunch of guys for this season. And then, you know, you're going to have an experienced team that's ready to roll week one. Yeah, I was just about to say that they redshirted multiple guys um, from some of their championship teams to be able to come up to this level. And if anything, we saw that BYU's defense was pretty terrible last year. Mm -hmm. um, so at least for me, I'm hoping that points can be scored on both sides. Um, Sam, for you, what's what would you say is a couple of your favorite plays um, through the slate? Oh, uh, I mean, in my so far, I really like the Florida coming up next versus Utah. Um, I think that uh, anytime you have a great Netflix documentary dropped about you a week ago that <laughs> The boys are going to be fired up. They got Urban Meyer. They got Tim Tebow. They got uh, <laughs> Spikes hyping them up. They probably all watched the documentary. Uh, you got to take Florida uh, to win by a touchdown. Richie, what about uh, USA uh, on the money line? What, what, what's your thought there? I think it's a little bit of a uh, two-lane hangover. Um, USA is a really good team. That coach, uh, Kane Womack, right? Yeah. Uh, Excellent coach. He, he was a finalist for the Liberty job. That was a name that was floating around. Uh, they're mm. going to be very, they're going to be good this year. They're a team I think they can win that is going to be in the mix to win their conference. Um, and if, if, if Vegas thinks this game is going to be within a touchdown and I'm going to get plus 205 money line, I'll take those odds every day. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I, I was too scared to take the money line. I just wanted uh, to be able to have the points on my side as well. But they, they return basically their whole team outside of a couple of guys in the secondary. Um, so and they're one of the top teams in the country in terms of returning experience and the transfers that they bring in. Um, so I actually think, along with you saying Tulane falling back a little bit, but I think outside of, if we're excluding Liberty, I think South Alabama could be the team from Group of Five that's in a New Year's Six Bowl. You, you guys are sleeping on my guy, Shadro Lewis, at Tulane. He's going to single-handedly <laughs> cover that six-and-a-half-point line for me. <laughs> 
Sam, what do you think about uh, the, the UCLA coastal line? I, I see uh, all three of you guys went uh, 14 and a half, taking a UCLA, laying the points, and, and I was scared to touch the line. But uh, uh, what were your thoughts there? Just you don't like the beach chickens. You have to go yeah, with the Bruins. I'm just 100% biased. We have Jamie Caldwell on our side, <laughs> and we will not be defeated now, and they have nothing left. And so uh, I do know his name's Chadwell. But that, that pick, also the pick I really do like, the second pick I like the most, is the LSU Florida pick uh, under 58. Nobody else took that. But anytime you get two teams that are both top five or top 10 teams, it's like baseball beginning of the season. You're getting all your your kinks worked out on offense before you're getting them worked out on defense. I think defense is going to hold strong. I think it's going to be a low scoring game at halftime and then it's going to get up closer into the 50s. But I don't think it'll get to 58. That is the market. I know uh, Jamie uh, Caldwell coming from um, um, from Carolina is going to do a great job. There it is. It is the marquee game of the week. Monday night, too. Yeah, that's going to be, gonna fun. be awesome. Like, I'm not, you know, a little Labor Day. You just get in off the beach, Sandy, or you want to check it out. But uh, it's going to be a great game. CT, anything else we want to, to touch base on with our uh, slate for the week? Yeah, I'll just probably hit on my, my favorite one out of this slate, and that's it's the over um, in South Carolina and North Carolina. So I know John and Sam are on the opposite side. Um, but that game is actually played here in Charlotte um, on Saturday. College game day is going to be here, and I think it's going to be electric. So um, Drake May, of course, is leading uh, the Tar Heels. They had no defense last year, and they didn't do anything to improve it, in my opinion. So um, I think you should expect a lot of points from their offense, but then Spencer Rattler um, and the Gamecocks, I think they can take advantage of that defense. We saw App State put up, like, what was it, over 50 points against them last year? Um, and I think we could see another game that's probably like in the 80s or above. Yeah, and he looks like Cynthia from Rugrats too. If you ever just look up Spencer Rattler, Cynthia from Rugrats, for those who know what I'm talking about, he's a dead ringer for for the doll. Hey, Sam, have you uh, gotten a chance to to kind of track Liberty a lot during the offseason, during the coaching change, the roster turnover? Uh, and if so, what, what are your thoughts on, on the Flames going into 2023? Thanks for asking. Um, I have kept up pretty heavily on Twitter. As you know, I enjoy uh, keeping up on the bird or the X, I guess, Richie, you have to call it now. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited and I'm excited to see the quarterback room. I'm excited to see who steps up there. I'm also excited to see if things don't go as well there with the first pick Coach Shadwell has, how soon he turns over to the second pick at quarterback. And just excited to see how that all plays out. Excited to see, like we've said before in this podcast, the running back room. Um, not sure really who's going to step up there, but excited to see whoever does step up. Hopefully the, the, the carries can get split up. And as we get game five, game six, game seven, guys get a little bit more beat up. Hopefully everybody has a lot of um, reps and, and excited to see CJ Daniels, Daniels back. Uh, he's had obviously – gone through some ups and downs but excited to see him back on the field and, and hopefully to be that wide receiver one in my opinion so awesome well sam thank you so much for joining us thank you uh, all. as our as our guest picker ct i'm feeling positive uh, i love a ton of your plays this week i was thinking going oh he's right that's a really good idea so uh <laughs> bounce back week incoming for sure so again everyone who's checking us out whether it's live you're checking us out later on in youtube or on the bird uh, make sure you like, follow us, subscribe, do your thing. Manson, any final words, any final thoughts? 
and I'm excited for it and uh, looking forward. It's, I mean, it's game week, right? I mean, let, let's game get week. it. Uh, you, you know, just got a couple more days and get to see you, Richie. Looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun. Busy day Saturday. Uh, but ultimately, the Flames come out victorious, like I said earlier. I'll be a happy man. I know you'll be a happy man, especially if they, that uh, 9.5 or 10, whatever you end up getting at, uh, hits. And uh, let's, let's have a great week. Yeah, can't wait. Again, thank you for everyone for uh, joining us and uh, getting a chance to, to chat about our favorite college football team. So at all, as always, stay blessed, stay hydrated, and stay fly. We'll see you next week. Thank you.